Make them laugh, make them laugh. Don't you know everyone wants to laugh? <laughs> my dad said, be an actor, my son. But be a comical one, they'll be standing in lines for those old honky-tonk monkey shines. Or you could study Shakespeare and be quite elite. And you could charm the critics and have nothing to eat. Just slip on a banana, peel the world at your feet. Make them laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh. Make them laugh, don't you know everyone wants to laugh? My grandpa said go out and tell them a joke, but give it plenty of hope. Make them roar, make them scream, take a fall but a wall split a scene. You start off by pretending you're a dancer with grace. You wiggle till they're giggling all over the place. And then you get a great big custard pie in the face. Make them laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh. Make them laugh, don't you? All the... What? My dad. They'll be standing in lines for those old monkey-tonk monkey Well, good morning, folks, and welcome to Movie Classics. Uh, I am here, not really here, with my friend David Regal, and you all know David. Uh, he's uh, he's sitting here, uh, not in, not in Alaska. He is not here, and today. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! What do wait, you mean I'm not here? Wait, well, I'll be doggone. Look at that, folks. There's David. The, <laughs> there's David right there. And, you know, uh, uh, David and I are going to talk about comedy movies today. And, David, why don't you let the listeners know where you are right now? Given, given the ability to uh, master our technology, I'm sitting on the third floor roof garden of the Disney Music Center in Los Angeles. And uh, it sounds like, other than just being uh, alert to our time zone change, we're good. You know, it just happens to be noon instead of 11. Yeah, and isn't it? I'm looking forward to our chat. Yeah. And, uh, folks, I'll have to tell you, you know, this isn't so much about movies, but isn't that technology incredible that David's sitting in California, I'm in Alaska, and we're able to talk a lot. I mean, you know, it, it's, it sounds more like I'm somebody from the 60s who's impressed with Telstar, if you remember that satellite. <laughs> yes. But, but still, it's just incredible that we can do this. And uh, David's been down south for a little while. And, and, and I'll tell you what, one of the things we're talking about, like I said, we're talking about movies and we're, we're going to talk about comedies a little bit. But David, how about telling the folks where you were, where some of the old Hollywood stars oh, yes. used to hang out? Yes. Um, the day before yesterday, I was at the um, uh, San Simeon, uh, the Hearst, uh, what would we call it? The Hearst Castle. Uh, a phenomenal, a phenomenal sort of uh, uh, covering of a hilltop with a palace. And uh, this is where, if you wanted to find uh, the, the A-list of movie actors in the 20s and 30s and just into the 40s, that's where you'd find them. 
They were all hanging out at uh, William Randolph Hearst's poolside. And uh, it was it is a phenomenal place, not to be missed if you're ever in uh, you know north of L.A. Um, yeah, it really it was typical. He was the media mogul of his time. He owned newspapers, and and uh, uh, radio stations, and movie theater, uh, movie production houses. You know, uh, the uh, the whole business, and so. Uh, it, it's just an interesting look into what fame has always been uh, about, you know, if you can get yourself on an A-list. And, and you know, and, David, one of the, one excuse me, one of the, back in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, one of the prime comedians who used to hang out there was Charlie Chaplin. Exactly. That's what I was going to mention. If, oh. you were gonna look, if you were going to look for him, that was a good place to, to look. Um and uh, interesting sort of dichotomy. He ends up retiring by going to France, where he was mostly appreciated, more appreciated than here, because of his social attitude. Uh, he was always dealing with the social contract. And there he was hanging out with William Randolph Hearst. <laughs> Talk about a dichotomy. But obviously, they were able to deal with the, uh, with the perhaps a slight change yeah, or difference in opinion. Right, and I'm sure. In any case, and I'm sure most people. Excuse me, David. I'm sure most people. Uh, if if anybody, probably our age. I'm not sure how many young folks would be seeing it, but you know, some of his movies that were just hilarious, really for the times, were Modern Times, The Great Dictator, The Kid, exactly. and you know, uh, everybody really got a kick about. It. You remember that little dance he did with the forks and the potatoes sure. on the table? Well, he was he was always his his theme. That's why I think classic media, let's call it media, or classic movies, is, is such an important topic because it gives you a picture into your grandparents' life and the concerns they had. And uh, if anything, we should be upset that we're still dealing with the absolute same issues that Charlie Chaplin was dealing um, you know, with dictators. We now have two or three in the world. Uh, that we still have to deal with some reason. Um, but so be it. You know, it, it's just context. It's not, being alert to the fact that you're not the first or last thing in the world. Um, and you should be alert to other, other people having dealt with similar problems. You know, we've been doing a monthly movie exposition at the Soldatna Library on the last Saturday of the month. And this uh, coming Saturday, what's that, the, the 28th, David? Mm, uh, whatever right. whatever that Saturday is, the last Saturday of the month, we'll be doing our last showing of short films for the, for the year. And we'll start up again next October. And uh, we've had great response. We've had like 25, 30, 35 people we've there. Filled, full. It filled the room up. Oh, yeah. We're, filling, mean, we're filling the room yeah. up. We're showing short films. We're talking about them. And it's just a great load of fun. But anyway, uh, we'll be there the, in two weeks from today. It'll be our last showing. David and I will be. David will be back by then. And we'll be there uh, setting this up and talking to folks. And the library loves us. But it's a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, just sitting there watching some short films. Some of them are tear jerkers. Some of them are funny. Uh, some of them, uh, some of them uh, do. Uh, they have a social message, uh, and it's just yep. a lot of fun. And some of them are local. 
Right. We actually have local talent. Right. We have and, some local uh, filmmakers that we've, yep, we've shown yep. their uh, their videos. And yeah. as, uh, I, as I travel, the, uh, you got uh, most Alaskans I've found are world travelers. You don't that they've ended up in Alaska. <laughs> they didn't not some of them started there, but a whole lot of them have been around the world a couple of times. Well, and, and I, I know the I know the reason behind that is because when it's winter time, like you're doing, they're like, yeah, get me yeah, the hell out of no, here. That's not the, that's <laughs> one reason, but I have also found that um, you know we have a microcosm of all the you know more interesting aspects of. Uh, of, of our culture, our current culture, where you can find on a given Saturday award-winning short films and the producers of them, you know, the creators of them. So right. And an awful lot of talent hanging around. Yeah, and you know, David, the last two Saturdays that we, we have done this in, uh, in uh, February and March, we actually had some local films, and we had a couple of the actors that were in those films at the library to answer questions and just uh, tell folk, the producers, the uh, cinematographers were there just to talk about their films. We've, we, and we've actually had that on three out of the four week or five weekends we've done this, four weekends. I, there, you, there, there you go. I mean, uh, right here in, in Sadatna, uh, you're doing something that uh, would be noteworthy in Los Angeles. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And there some of them are wonderful, wonderful short films by local filmmakers. Exactly. Well, what's what's funny about that? Yeah, I mean, there's not much funny about that, but we're supposed to talk about comedy. Yeah, we're going to talk today. a little bit about comedy and and I well, want to ask you David is from your standpoint of watching a movie. You know, and and then, and that goes to the to our film series at the library too is you think people prefer to cry, to laugh, to w get a message. Uh, from my standpoint, I'm one of what my, my firm belief is life is easier if you can laugh. And that's my feeling of watching a movie. Yeah, I think life is easier if you're, if you're comfortable analyzing where you're at. And uh, what I've found with looking at uh, comedic you know, film is why uh, back back in the day you remember you 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 were there i think back in the, the when they were developing greek theater sure um and and they had tragedy or comedy right they didn't have that, that was it you know if you didn't like the bill to hell with you you know you just had, you had to go to a, to somewhere else you know like Head over to Persia if you had to. Sure, and everybody, almost everybody knows if they've, they've seen it in school, grade school, high school, the two masks of comedy right. and tragedy, you know. The, right, the, right. But if, you, if you didn't like one, you got the other. Right. Well, now, now we've ended up with romantic comedy, slapstick comedy, farces, dark comedy, screwball comedy, parodies, and, of course, Act, the, the 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 not to be you know missed action comedy what the heck is action comedy until you start realizing that we've got blues brothers we've got 48 hours we've got die i i think our you know our newest christmas film die hard uh has its moments and and then if you want to go really outrageous and i i don't know how many people on our in our listening audience has seen kung fu hustle but 
if they haven't yet, they should look it up. Oh yeah, uh, you know then and uh, you know for instance like True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Uh, talk yeah. about an action comedy. Uh, men, well, the, the Men in Black series. Yeah. So I think I think we're dealing with a, a more com perhaps a more complex media um, uh, landscape uh, that still speaks to the uh, the needs of the time. I was just looking at uh, the different eras, if we wanted to break them up into uh, uh, decades. You had flappers in the 20s, but you also had Buster Keaton doing silent films with remarkable social commentary at the time. You know, it, right. it, it, you, can, you can't look at the general without seeing, you know, a man who was being uh, shunned that actually became the hero. I mean, that that whole, you know, uh, again, if anybody's listening, go look up The General. You've got to watch that silent film. You can actually see it on your best big screen TV and the sound won't matter. <laughs> uh, that's right. And you know what's really neat about that is a guy like Buster Keaton and Chaplin and some of the other, yep. the other uh, pioneers in comedy is filmmakers today are still copying the premises that they were doing a hundred years ago. Sure, sure. Isn't that amazing? A hundred years now. We're talking about the 20s. Right. Who would have thought that you could have a film discussion that includes everything that's happened in the last hundred oh, yeah. years? And you know, like one, of the, one of the things that's, that's unique about certain comedy films, too, and I'll give when we were talking about action, and I'm going to mention the film Operation Petticoat. Mm -hmm. If you remember that, if I remember oh, I that's, it. yeah, that's Cary Grant, it. Tony Curtis, yep. and, uh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're in a, they're in a submarine in World War II and they've got nuns and babies on their, their boat. On it, a pink, you know, on a pink submarine. On a pink submarine, cause that's the only paint they could get. But while there's a bunch of comedy, there's a few little inserts in there of intense action fighting the Japanese during the war. Sure. You know, so sure. they the, there was still some a little bit of drama in there, but overall it's a comedy. But it's it's a it's an action comedy. Well, and also think about it, it was produced in the mid fifties, right? And uh, a whole lot of those guys were actually veterans. You know, yes. they'd been been there, done that. They had, you know, the uh, the idea of it being a relief. Like we're going to have a comedy now because that was a hell of a you know situation we found ourselves in. So let's find a way of laughing about it. Right. And, and so there's an awful lot of of comedy in the '50s that were all about just having it. Please, just let me let me relieve myself of the tension that we've just done. Right. And when you, you look know? at when you look at that, when you look at the movie Mr. Roberts, that yeah. entire thing is nothing but comedy. I mean, it is comedy until the end, until, until the, the very final, end, until the final scene, until the yeah. final scene and it's tragedy. And then it ends. It ends on a funny note. But yeah, the whole thing's nothing but but hilarity to me. One yeah. of my favorite co uh, comedies. But it ends in tragedy with Mister yeah. Roberts getting killed. You know, well, getting his wish. Right. Getting his. You know, that's again, again that whole. Uh, 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 you've got to go find it. You can watch it. Right. Uh, on so many different ways. But, right. And the um, and the message they're they're portraying there is where that might have been a funny movie, but it still portrayed the horrors of war. 
as we've all seen much much like the you know, one episode of the tv show mash when colonel blake gets killed at the end right you know right, they right. they wanted to let the that this is what happens in war and, and that that is the end result of war they, they can make fun about it but in the end war is a tragedy exactly and they knew it they knew it personally Right. Uh, so much today we have to have this sort of spoon-fed. We don't have the same uh, sort of connection. The, the, every family having been touched by that experience. They only, they're now figuring that it was a little more than 50 million people killed. Right, so right. We haven't been there since. And, and you know, one of the things uh, as a kid I remember, like I said, I'm going to go back to a TV show, not a movie. But you remember when Hogan's Heroes first came out? In yeah. the in the early to well mid sixties, yeah. Well, it it had a lot of a lot of uh, consternation with World War II vets who truly were in German POW camps, and yeah. I remember and they, weren't, uh, they weren't anything like Hogan's heroes, right? You know? And and I remember uh, even being ten years old, eleven years old when that that thing started. Of they had some uh, some of these survivors of the German POW camp. And they went on to said, I don't know why this show is so funny. There was nothing funny about being in a German POW camp. And, oh, a bunch of these guys, they were, they were absolutely upset with this, but, with this show. But at the time, uh, it, it got its ratings because first of all, it was on television. Right. You didn't, you didn't, you know, uh, it was there for you to watch. And, the audience were baby boomers. Right. We were, you know, we're, I'm a boomer. Me too. We were, we were kids. And the kids were being shown, you know, a, something that wasn't a tragedy. You couldn't line kids up and have them sit down and watch uh, a realistic presentation of World War II. It was all uh, sort of, we won and we're the best and... The, they were stupid, and we were smart. And since um, we won, we can make fun of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, well and, David. And so, but as we were growing up, uh, now all of a sudden we're in the seventies, right? And and you have Catch Twenty Two. Right. And yeah, you know, right. So you know there, that's not a comedy, but what I'm saying, I suppose it's got comedic. Well, aspects. it's a it's a very dark comedy. It is. And there we are to one of our aspects. The same same era, we had uh, one of the weirdest little films that I can think of, and that was Harold and Maude. Oh, uh, love Harold and Maude. Uh, the, uh, the, the sound... Talking about, I mean, you would not sit down a group of unrelated people to say, hey, let's have a fun evening and watch Harold and Maude. You know? Right, and it's a, it's a cult classic. And for me, when that came out, it was... The the soundtrack to that was Cat Stevens' "Tea from the Tillerman" mm -hmm. album, uh, of which you know I love I love that music. I I was a little disappointed in him whenever he became Yusuf something or other and and uh, <laughs> changed his lifestyle. I, but he went back to being Cat Stevens, I think, because he needed the money. <laughs> He's yeah, recording again. Yeah, you you've got to you know you got to play the act that's selling at the moment. Right. Well, David, I've the, got, um, I've got uh, right now. I've got up, and I've I've looked at this before. I've got, you know, the American folks. The American Film Institute is a great place yeah. to study film, and 
you, you can look. Uh, well, they'll give you a listing of what, uh, in their opinion, and with uh, uh, the reviewers and everything, are the best of whatever, the best Western, right. the best drama. Well, they've also got a list of what they think are the best comedies. And really? this was the one that surprised me. Uh, and it is a funny movie, but, but you want to take a guess at what's number one on the AFI comedy well, list. Well, think about how many films have been made in that genre. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's almost. Uh, it's hard to imagine. Yeah, they do it. Okay, a... I, rather than spend any time, I'm going to give up. Okay. It? Well, it's, the, the, the stars are Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon and Marilyn oh. Monroe. Okay. Some Like It Hot. Some Like It Hot. That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Some Like It Hot, done in 1959, is the number one comedy movie uh, according to the American Film Institute. Interesting. Interesting. I, I, it, you'd have to explain that to me. I, I mean, th this is on the eve of women's liberation, right? Right. You know, seriously. <laughs> seriously. Right. And, and, and you know uh, what? And what's real strange with it right now is there's a, there, you know, not to, not to uh, de defer get too tangential in this discussion, but when you're looking at a couple of guys that are going around dressed as women, and when you look at what's going on in this country right now, yes, yes, with yes. the drag queens and well, everything, and now our, that's, our, a, that's a our comedy. Our yeah, our parents were a lot more, you know, engaged. <laughs> Again, you ask yourself, you know, uh, what would make you really engaged? Uh, sort of serious-minded, and going through World War II might have sobered you up a little bit. Maybe you know? just a little. Yes. Maybe just. And and we talked before, David. And, uh, and my favorite genre of comedy is dark comedies, like mm. Doctor Strange Love, uh, yeah. Little Miss Sunshine, Mash, Catch Twenty Two. And one of my favorites is actually a, a movie uh, called uh, Network. Oh shoot! Yeah, and talk about a talk about a dark comedy. Oh my gosh, uh, that's a that is a great movie uh, with Peter Finch, William Holden, Faye Dunaway, and uh, you know uh, Ned Beatty. And you, you remember the scene whenever he's standing there and he goes, "You will atone." <laughs> well, they yeah. they they used that recently. Uh, Saul did that in Better Call Saul <laughs> histories, and everybody's sitting around the table, look at him like he's an idiot. And he goes, "Oh, come on, folks! Ned Beatty Network, you got to know this scene." Well, maybe not. Yeah, Again, maybe not. You, maybe you, not. If, if, and and there's where our mission here at KDLL uh, on Saturday, when we have movie uh, discussions, is to say, "All right." Even if it's just you and you've already seen all this, you need to tell your grandchildren to listen up. And, and uh, you know, their, their media feeds are really interesting. I, I've, been, um, I've been finding myself with more television than I usually do, and I, it's pretty disgusting uh, simply because I'm sitting in a hotel room figuring out what the channels are the yeah channels. and and, and do, you, do you by chance remember in uh, in network uh the newscaster howard beale played by uh -huh. peter finch do you remember right. what his phrase was that he's screaming out the windows screaming on the air I've, yeah what is it? i've had enough i've had uh, i'm uh, mad as hell and i'm not gonna take it anymore yeah yeah, yeah. well well my point is is that i have Thank God I have Wi-Fi and I have my tablet 
and that I can go listen and watch what I want instead of what they're feeding us on television. I would, I would strongly recommend just like forgetting the, forget, just stop um, and edit your own, you know, input uh, with our help. <laughs> but oh, uh, uh, you're still, not kidding, and I and I got so much to 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 learn. Yeah, and, and I got to tell you, I got to tell you, David. Yeah, I got to tell you, uh, and folks, and and it's you know everybody watches what they like, but I'll tell you what, my wife and I watch hardly anything on television anymore. We're yeah. we're you know we're using our Prime. Uh, there's a great channel out there called the Criterion Channel that shows nothing but yep. classics. Ninety-five yep. percent of them in black and white. You can get comedies, dramas, westerns, the works, and that's what we watch more than anything. I mean, there are not too many. Uh, sitcoms out there that are worth a hoot anymore. Uh, they're all predictable. And, and it seems like now the only thing they do in these for comedy is everybody's, uh, the only thing is everybody's a smart ass. Yeah. You know, well, and it's not because you and I are old fogies, which right. we will never admit to. Right. I mean, forget it. You know, <laughs> we're, we're not going to go there. But, but if you're alert to quality writing, uh, Good, you know, sort of good production quality. Uh, you you have to find it somewhere else. Uh, than, than on the current television. Uh, yeah. And uh, again, it speaks to the to the culture that we're currently oh, engaged in. I'm losing I'm losing you a little bit, David. You okay oh, there? Sorry. You hear me now? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got okay. you, but but Sorry. you know when I when I told you about uh, my favorite genre, which is dark comedy. When you're talking comedy, you know, for instance, I'll tell you uh, uh, Doctor Strange Love, for instance, uh, you know, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, is is the name of that movie. And you know, it's uh, if you remember, they, uh, 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 George. Uh, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I, I know the guy who wrote the uh, guy George who C. Wrote Scott. The bomb down. Yeah, George C. Scott. He, yeah. uh, you know, was General uh, Buck Turgeson, and <laughs> and uh, they uh, they uh, stand. That was a Stanley Kubrick movie, and you know yep. he was notorious for take after take after take. You know he might do fifty takes in one scene, and then use the very first take. You know, and it and it drove his actors crazy. But one of the things he he did was he told George C. Scott to basically overact. He says, "I want your scenes to be over the top," right? And uh, and that's what he did, and that's what he used in the movie. And one of the funniest things ab about that that movie too is you know Peter Sellers played uh, different roles he played yeah. Doctor Strange Love yeah. and uh, uh, Lionel Mandrake the British officer and President Merkin Muffley and you know and he was supposed to play Major TJ King Kong who's flying the B52 to drop the bomb well Slim Pickens was the actor who played Major Kong and he's the one that rode the bomb down because you know the the thing was stuck yeah. And yeah. the the doors were stuck. It couldn't get him. And then he wound up riding the the bomb down. Well, Slim Pickens, they he thought he was filming a very serious movie, and his, his all of his scenes, 
He was actually playing them straight. And you would think he might have been doing comedy, but that was his style. He was actually playing that movie straight. And, you know, and one of the things that happened, too, is the scene when they're in the cockpit of that movie and yep. he's going through the, the survival kit. He goes, one miniature Russian Bible, two packs of chewing gum and all that stuff. One set of nylon hose. He, he says shoot, a fellow could have a pretty good time in Vegas with these things. Well, if, <laughs> if you watch Ad-lib. it. If you if yeah if you watch that close, what he actually says, you can see his mouth. He actually says a guy could have a pretty good time in Dallas with that stuff. And the reason why they overdubbed that with Vegas was right when that movie came out. That's when was get, that's when uh, President Kennedy was assassinated. Oh, Kennedy. Yeah. So they didn't want to give any reference to yeah. Dallas, and that's why they overdubbed it with Vegas. You know, which was which was very nice, interesting, right? A nice little tidbit you know right stuff that you get to know and that uh, and that was the that was the first uh movie the uh, introduction of james earl jones too as the bombardier you know he uh that was his first movie you know and uh i i, I do that every now and then still i'll be going along and I, he, he does the uh he does the uh the uh, bombay doors negative function you know that kind of stuff you know, yeah. that's why you're such a fun guy. You have a lot of references that absolutely nobody except you. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. That that's right. You know, uh, Br- uh, Brigadier General Jack River, and and you gotta love the Keenan the Keenan Wynn uh, character of uh, Colonel Bat Guano. You know, <laughs> one of the best scenes is whenever Lionel Mandrake tells him to he needs money to call the White House well on the payphone, and he has him shoot out the coke coca-cola machine for the change he goes that's private property and he says well i don't know what's going to happen but i can tell you one thing you're going to have to answer to the coca-cola company (laughs) (laughs) it's just so ridiculous but yeah it is well that's we're ending up with you know parody and dark and screwball sort of combined um yeah a farce you know the a lot of this stuff ends uh given yeah i'm uh, I'm losing you a little bit again david okay that's better you know it's my helicopter is coming in for a land oh okay (laughs) okay it might be in the background a little bit all right the the um let's let's in in terms of parody can you think of a better one than blazing saddles oh not hardly that is a a tour de force Uh, i mean it's so it's it's beyond it's beyond uh a farce or a parody it's just a, an amazing um so well what is it what when they when they break the third wall oh yeah uh, yeah done all the time i mean it's it, you could make a list of the times that the wall was broken in that yeah it's a whole lot of fun well dave david i got i got one little thing we're at the bottom of the hour and i you know like to play a little song but i got yeah. a i got a little uh, comedy thing i wanted to play for folks it's just Go a ahead. couple minute long and i and i hope you folks like it some of you older folks will know it but maybe some of you younger folks will know it too and you'll know what it is hopefully whenever i play it and here we go i hope you enjoy this Abbott and Costello. (laughs) 
I understand. I understand it. All the boys that's over there, they're going to have a big baseball team, and I understand you're going to be the manager. That's right. Yeah? Yeah. Well, you if you're going to be the manager of this baseball team, I would like to join myself. That's all right. I would like to know some of the guys' names on the team, so when I meet my sweetheart in the ballpark, I'll be able to say hello to them. Well, naturally, I'll introduce you to the boys and a regular bunch of boys we've got. But you know, strange as it may seem, they give these ballplayers very peculiar names. You need funny names. Strange names, like... Um, Dizzy Dean and Daffy. Daffy Dean. I'm her cousin. Who are you? Goofy. 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 <laughs> well, let's see. We have uh, who's on first, what's on second. I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find and, out. And then we... I say who's on first, uh, what's on second. I don't know who's on third. Yeah, you know the fellow's that... names? Yes. Well, who's on first? Yes. I mean the fellow's name. Yes. I mean the guy playing first. Who? The fellow playing first. Who? The first baseman. Who? The guy playing first. Who is on first? Well, what are you asking me for? <laughs> I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. Who is on first? I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. Well, go ahead and tell me. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first base. Who? The fellow playing first. Look, who is on first? Have you got a first baseman? Yes. Who's playing there? Yes. <laughs> All I'm trying to find out is what's the guy's name on first base? No, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. Don't mix them up. What is on second? Who's on second? No, who is on first? I don't know. He's on third now. We're not talking about him. How did I get on third base? You just mentioned his name. If I mentioned the third baseman's name, who did I say is playing third? No, who's playing first? Never mind first. I don't know. What's the guy's name on third base? What's on second? Who's on second? Who's on first? I don't know. Third base. <laughs> Have you got a third baseman? Certainly. Then who's playing third? Who is playing first? What's playing first? No, what's on second? I don't know. He's third base. Third base. <laughs> Field? Well, surely. Tell the field his name. Why? I don't know. I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> I just thought I'd tell you. So tell me who's playing left field. No, who's playing first? What's playing first? What's on second? I don't know. Third, Third base. base, yes. <laughs> Have you got a catcher? Well, naturally. The catcher's name. Today. Today. And tomorrow's pitch. Now you've got it. That's all. we got a couple of days on the team. Well, I can't all. help that. You know, I used to be a catcher, too. I'll get behind the plate, do some fancy catching. Yes. Tomorrow's pitching on my team, and the heavy hitter gets up, yeah. Joseph... Valentine, the heavy hitter. Now, Valentine gets up, and he bunched the ball. Mm -hmm. Now, when he bunched the ball, me being a good catcher, I'm going to throw Valentine out of first base, so I pick up the ball and throw it to who? Now, that's the first thing you've said right. I don't even know what I'm talking about! <laughs> that's all you have to do. All I know is I throw the ball at first base. Now, whoever it is drops the ball, so Valentine runs a second. Yes. Now, I pick up the ball, and I throw it to who? Whoever it is drops the ball, he throws it to what? What throws it? I don't know. I don't know if it throws it back to tomorrow. That's triple play! That's right. <laughs> a long fly ball to be caught. Why? I don't know. He's on third, and I don't give a damn. <laughs> I said, I don't give a damn. Oh, that's a shortstop. <laughs> All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed that. And, uh, David, I'm sure you remember that one. Well, uh, I, I'm, I'm sitting here uh, with the helicopter on, on top, uh, so I, I couldn't get to hear a whole lot. But I, I'm sure I'll appreciate it when I listen to it on the KDL website, where all of their radio programs can be see, you know, heard whenever you can get around to it. That's right. Well, and you didn't get, you didn't get all of it because of, of where you are. But uh, I, I, I played the little skit of... Of Abbott and Costello doing Who's oh, on First. Who's on First. Okay, I know that one. Yeah. Not only that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, it's an uh, interesting. Well, um, there you are back to a, an era when anybody, remember, uh, remember, uh, we don't remember, but during World War II, when they were trying to have passwords uh, at checkpoints, 
they would use uh, references to current baseball stars. Everybody in the country had a had a common reference point in terms of you know knowing baseball, and that's interesting. It's just an interesting thought that just came to me because of uh, 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 you have you've seen have you seen Burns' uh, documentary on baseball? Oh yes, yes. Uh, okay, my point being interesting uh, engagement in a common culture which could be easily referenced. And if you weren't American, you probably didn't know what they were talking about. Well, th there you are with who's on first uh, being as funny as it is. And it may go right over somebody's head right now. You know, that, like, what are you talking about? You, you lost me on that last curveball. Right. And, and you know what was neat is that that was a recording that during World War II, Abbott and Costello did for a bunch of the troops. The laughing you mm -hmm. heard were actually active duty troops that they were they were doing that little bit for. And not a laugh track. Right. No, it wasn't track. a laugh track. It was actual, yeah. you know, and the reason why they didn't need a laugh track is because it was funny. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. It was absolutely And everybody hilarious. in that audience got the reference. That's you right. Know, got the whole They deal. understood. Like like you said, in, in almost every movie, war movie you watched, is one of the questions they asked everybody, even even other guys that were they ran into in the in the woods or were on the battlefield to make right. sure they hadn't stolen the other side's uniforms was who won the World Series in nineteen forty one. Exactly. You know, and because uh, every almost 99 percent of red blooded American boys over there fighting no. followed baseball. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. The, but, um, well, that's where we're back to, you know, the, uh, understanding the culture at the moment that these films were made. Um, you know, we were talking about Hogan's Heroes on television during the 60s, the mid-60s. Um, and that's when the baby boomers were kids and they were being, play, you know, played to. Well, in the 70s, the, uh, the, the, the comedies changed dramatically, again, because of the larger, the, the largest uh, cohort were, were the boomers. And we were growing up. So now we've got, we got sexual innuendo. We've got, you know... Think, think of think of the things that were coming out of the 70s um, during the uh, Woodstock era, you know, the, the whole sure. Vietnam era. And then the 80s, whoa, it, we're getting serious now because darn, we've got mortgages. And so the cop, you know, what we're laughing about is ourselves by that time. Right. And, you know, David, what's really, what's really kind of, when you look at this, for instance, when you look at this, AFI list of the top mm -hmm. one, what they say is the top 100 comedies. Uh, there's not very many that are as contemporary as you would think. A lot of them, uh, I mean, you got the Chaplin, the Gold Rush in 25. Uh, yeah. You know, you've got you've well, got some more that are that are good. You know, like Groundhog Day with Bill Murray was 1993, but there's so many of them that are. Uh, still back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and that's what's that's what's really kind of kind of strange. Well, they, is they may want they may want to uh, let the wine you know get old enough to be seriously considered. You know the um, there's a if you think of it yourself with the entire doggone you know film production of the of this country and the world as 
for that matter. Right. Um, and you know, you one don't want to come out, you don't want to come out and say, Hey, this thing that was made in 98 was the best that it will ever be. <laughs> right. The, yeah. the most recent one I've seen on the entire list was, uh, uh, like 1993, I think, uh, which was Mrs. Doubtfire. I can't, and you know, I don't. Uh, that's interesting. That doesn't attract uh, me at all. Into uh, it, it, it still depends on individual experiences and taste. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. you know, a movie that that I can't hardly believe that is not on the list, which is absolutely hilarious the first time you watch it, and that's Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah. I yeah. mean, my goodness, that thing, that thing. If you watch that thing the first time, and you're crying you're laughing so hard but there again that's that's my opinion yep and and what and uh that's why we have uh, uh you know a bunch of guys still talking about movies is that it's it's as fascinating in its own way as baseball and uh you know who the the idea of who's on first or what i can't stand the pink panther series Oh yeah, see, and I, 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 I love the Pink Panther series. I, I but I won't watch it. Yeah, I, I absolutely too, love Peter Sellers. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the whole idea of it. The stupider, the better. You know, like for I instance, know. one one of the movies that you know, like I said, at, well, and as we've talked about, you know, as a person gets older, their tastes change, and you know, even even the the adult public sixty or seventy years ago. I mean, a lot of this stuff was new. They hadn't seen this stuff before. So you you look at a movie that, to me, when I was nine years old and watched it, I thought it was the funniest movie in the world. Well, I watch it now as an adult, and I'm like, oh, my God, this, this isn't funny at all. And that's it, gotten, it, it. It's a mad, mad, it. mad, mad world. Oh, and another one I won't watch, you know, and yeah. I think you still like that one. Uh, no, I, I don't, you know, I, I loved it as a kid, but I can't watch it now. No. You know, no. and there's a lot of films that are easily watched over and over again, but that's not one of them. I cannot watch. It's a mad, 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 mad world. But in 1963, oh, it was a big hit. A lot of stars in it. Spencer yep. Tracy, Mickey Rooney. Oh, everybody. everybody. Everybody was in that movie. I, I don't think they could have sold it if they didn't have the you know the cast that they did. Probably not. Like but, but you look at, you know, and that's, like I, that's what I mean is you look at the public's perception and what they're using. I mean, when we're, we're talking about back there, 1963, that movie came out. Well, movies were still really kind of young in 1963. You know, they still were only about 50 sure. years old. Sure, sure. You know, and, and, and the audience was uh, could remember the people who were coming to the show paying the freight could remember when there weren't any movies exactly they were all, you know, exactly you know and, and and like i said and not to not to sound snotty or anything but i think the the sophistication of people you know just mainly due to today's technology and and uh oh what's the word I, i'm looking for know, just time, uh, life and, life and history yeah life yeah, experiences the, the experience that's we're, right we're we're beyond Vietnam now. You know, we're dealing with other disasters. Right. So um, a movie like It's a Mad, 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 Mad World was really something funny to those yeah. folks. Absolutely hilarious to a lot of these folks. And then, and I know another one you don't like, David, that I like, and mainly because my dad liked it, and we both would watch it, and we'd both be laughing our butts off, and yeah. that was The Great Race. Uh, right. 
right. Same, yeah. same reason. Same yeah. reason. See, I, yeah. I still love the great race. I can watch the great race. Uh, and uh, it's just, uh, uh, you know, Tony, Tony Curtis, Keenan yep. Wynn. Uh, it's just a, it's just a war. Peter Falk. It's just uh, Jack Lemmon. It's just, to me, it's just so well, ridiculous. Uh, that that is exactly why the film institute is having such a hard time making sure there's a hundred films that they can, you know, sort of stand up and defend. Sure, and uh, you know one of the one of the movies, you know, and I'll tell you, number one hundred on their list is Good Morning Vietnam, nineteen eighty seven. Uh, again, one of our favorites, though. Yeah, and 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 and, and so uh, irreverent. Uh, it would probably drive some World War II vets crazy to watch it, you know. But um, same thing with uh, Catch Twenty Two. Right. Well, uh, the the real Adrian Cronauer, who uh, yeah. the name of the guy in Good Morning Vietnam, said right. that movie. While he did that job in Vietnam, that he said that was pure farce and fiction. He said, if I would have done anything like Robin Williams did as that character, he said, <laughs> oh, he said I'd have been I'd have been court martialed. And been, uh, he's been in Leavenworth. I'd have been in yeah. Leavenworth. Yeah, something. He says, trust me, uh, I couldn't get away with that, and that uh, that in fact did not happen at all. Right. <laughs> You know, he was a DJ over there. And, you know, right. uh, interestingly enough, another guy who's pretty well known to folks who was a DJ in Vietnam is Pat Sajak of Wheel of, uh, Wheel of Fortune fame. Who would have thought of that? That is a that that's fascinating. Right. He was a, um, he was a he was an Adrian Krona. He was a DJ in Vietnam yeah. during his time in the service. Hmm. You know, so that's pretty cool. But, yeah, there's so many. You know, and like I said, if I made this list of a top 100 and you made it and a 100 other people made it, we'd, we'd all make There may be some same movies, but they, oh, it yeah. wouldn't be the same list at all. Half of them, half of them yeah. would be the same. Yeah. The other half would be completely different. You know, like, like for me, and we, and we both like this actor, uh, Jimmy Stewart. I love the movie Harvey. Harvey yeah. is just... It's a fantastic movie, folks. If you haven't watched Harvey, and that's one of the ones. It is done in 1950 with with Jimmy, excuse me, Jimmy Stewart, and that's one of the movies that they've talked about doing a remake. And they were actually uh, going to uh, 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 oh, who's our who's our guy? Uh, oh, oh my gosh, uh, who did Big and Tom Hanks? Tom oh, Hanks yeah, did, did was a redo. Tom uh, Hanks was going to play uh, Elwood P. Dowd. Yeah. And uh, the uh, character in Harvey, and they turned it down. He decided, and they haven't done it yet, but they decided that there's no way we can remake this movie and make it as good, as good as right. the original. And he says, those are, things, those are two biggest shoes to fill. One of the things we're finding is the, econo the economic question uh, in filmmaking is taking a lot of the best screenwriting off the book, you know, and and making it no longer viable. Um, it was an, an interesting comment that's been made in, in from various people who who would be happy to make that, but they couldn't. They can't spend the money. They can't get the money, and they can't make the money back. Right. Uh, in many cases, because they're not going to make their money at the box office, they're going to make their money, you know. Uh, on uh, on Netflix, or maybe not. Or yeah, maybe, you know. some, if, if some they, streaming service. Funded, yeah. Right, if they can get it funded, it's going to be half of what it really should take. 
uh, to do it well. Right, and um, it, and it co- I mean, you're talking now, uh, a cheap movie nowadays is $50 million to make. Exactly. And it feels like a cheap movie. That's the problem. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. But, you know, we yeah. were talking a little bit. Uh, oh, and real quick, I just saw on the list, uh, like I said, uh, Like and Dark Comedies, another mm-hmm. great one that, uh, that my Marty and I both love is Fargo. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. a what well, a what a wonderful movie! It's just so deadpan and uh, yeah. it's just hilarious. You know, it's dark, it's tragic, but it's, it's funny as all get out. Yeah, what's that? What, where's the comedy? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, it has a lot to do with um, with sensitivity to the culture again. Having, right. Having an attitude toward you know North Dakota that isn't just you know that. It, it should be funny, but it isn't. Yeah. Know. You know, like at the like at the end, whenever she's arrested, the, the guy of murder and is, that must be your partner in the wood chipper, you know. And uh, <laughs> and they're driving along. It's it's up there on the plains of the Dakotas uh, yep. coming out of Fargo. And it's snowing. The snow's blowing all over. And she goes, uh, I, I, I don't understand it. And she goes, and it's such a beautiful day, you know, <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. and it's absolutely horrible out. <laughs> yep, but typical. I, I'm just thinking about, um, uh, I often find myself thinking about Veronica Lake. It's an interesting um, sort of career where she sort of ran out of steam early. We can name a whole bunch of other actresses and our actors who've done the same. But um, one of my, uh, speaking of, of being alert to its, to the culture which it's being made in, like Fargo, is Sullivan's Travels. And I think we may have discussed Sullivan's Travels in the past, but if not, that's, uh, you know, written by Preston Sturgis, who was a film, uh, you know, of a, a screenwriter here in, in Hollywood that was known for being sort of hard to deal with, hard to work with, and very much alert to the social inequities of this time. And so ends up writing a, a movie called Sullivan's Travels. This is where a movie star has decided that he wants to do a film of the, um, of the people. He right, a, a, get, a film as, get, as a homeless person. Yes, he has to get out and experience real life. Right. Because he's living in a, in a Hollywood mansion. And has you know butlers and everything, and, and that so movie this, was done in 1941. Yes, uh, and and during during the war, this is interesting to think about. But there you are with Veronica Lake, this down and out girl who literally doesn't, uh, who is going to spend her last quarter on buying him uh, pot, a, a, a coffee and donut. Uh, becoming the, the the real savior of this idiot who is on the road with no clue as to what he's doing. And, and it's a wonderful role for her uh, because she, as a Hollywood star, uh, ends up being caricatured, um, first of all, as a, a beautiful star. But remember who framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, yeah. Okay. Speaking of a of a uh, uh, back to comedy, I would put Sullivan's Travels in in the comedic realm for sure. Uh, even though it's a whole lot of social comment, all of it's done within within the you know being a romantic comedy. 
And and uh, well, that's number that's actually number thirty nine on AFI's list. I hoped it would hit. Yeah, uh, but I I wonder if Who Framed Roger Rabbit is ever going to get there. I don't know uh, because that actually is hilarious. It is. It's it's very well done. It was the final final film where Mel Blanc did any of the voiceovers. Sure. Uh, and and you know I'm going to ask you another question. Uh, you know how you you know how you'll be talking to somebody about moving, and you go, "Have you ever seen so and so?" And they go, yeah. "I've never seen it." And you and you stand there dumbfounded, going, "What? You haven't seen that? Oh my how God! You, Everything has seen that. Everyone has seen that." <laughs> right? No, no. That's the point of being on KDLL. Guys. <laughs> That's hope, right. I hope this is going to get listened to to somebody other than the guys who've already seen all of these films and agree with everything we've ever said about right. them. Right. And and um, and you know the you know I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you would uh, if you could think and I'm guessing you won't get this one. Yeah, but good. if if you could ask that question anybody and they would respond to it, what what movie would you want to ask? Have you ever seen? If you can think of that, mm. a oh, comedy. I, mean, I have to come up with my own. Yeah. What? I, yeah. Have, out have of all these seen? comedies. Right. Well, I can oh, tell. Do you put me on the spot? I put you, you know, on the spot, buddy. Five, I put you on the spot. A thousand or so. Yeah. Of the things that we've already talked about today. Uh, all, um, all of them, whatever comedy you think. No, uh, uh, okay, go go look up Kung Fu Hustle. Oh Can well, that's know? that's not on the list. It's not on the list. No. You mean that I have to pick one off the? Oh no, you list? don't have to pick one off the list. But okay. but but I'm gonna. Uh, it won't be. No, it is yeah. so outrageous. It is so. It is. Uh, it, it's a picture into a culture that we don't have a whole lot of uh, uh, of handles on. And, yes. Uh, so probably all the more reason. Now, it will be outrageous. You will say, what the hell is going on? You'll say, but, but, um, yeah, pretty, pretty dark on interesting, uh, interesting film. And that is a much um, more contemporary movie. It was done in 04. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Did you say it had to be? Uh, no, no, years I didn't say it has to be a hundred years old. I mean, you can, you can pick, you if you can think about it, you can pick one that was done two years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know the odds of me. The odds of me have seen it were pretty slim for me, anyway. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you the the one that I ask people all the time, and they go, "No," and I'm like, "Oh, you've got to be kidding me!" And that is, have you ever seen Caddyshack? Oh yes, one of your favorites. Oh yeah, because one of, one, one of the dumbest films ever made. Oh, it, it's it's uh, well, I, I'm a golfer though. I used to be. I used to play a lot are. of golf. I know you are. You know, so you care about that stuff. Yeah, I care about that. You know, uh, but but yeah, Caddyshack. Now Caddyshack too stunk. It it was worse than stunk. You okay. know, but, uh, Maybe but that's you know the they. One I saw. Yeah, they they were uh, they were trying to to uh, get continue on something that they thought they could make some money on at the time when it was sure. popular and it was actually terrible with Jackie Mason it was a horrible movie yeah. but yeah Caddyshack is absolutely phenomenal it's like it's like also whenever you ask somebody did you ever see Animal House you know and people are like uh, same genre it's same, the same same genre we're, we're dealing with screwball now yeah you know that I put that firmly into screwball comedy yeah you have what's up doc and his Girl Friday. Oh, wait a minute. His Girl Friday is probably on 
the list from the American Film Institute. It is, actually. Uh, okay. See, and is Caddyshack on the list? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, oh, for heaven's sakes. That's the one I wouldn't have bet on. Yeah, Caddyshack's on the list. Uh, huh. It's down there at number 71. You know, and that's, okay, one of the, that's one of the things we haven't really talked about is some of the some of the more older funny movies. You know, like we haven't really talked about rom-coms, but, you know, you get something like uh, Bringing Up Baby. Uh, yep. Uh, Philadelphia Story. Oh, uh, there's so many. Philadelphia oh, Story yeah. is, again, one of my favorites. I can't believe. I, I'll watch that again. I'll, I'll, I'll bring friends into the house and say, hey, look, let's look at this one tonight, you know, type of thing. And it'll be the 18th time I've seen it. Uh, there, there, there are certain films like that um, that, that just uh, are so well. You, you watch it for the nth time. Not because it's because it's complex enough so that you'll appreciate the subtlety that you didn't see last time, you know. Right. Or maybe you've seen them all and you want to show this, you know, show these other people, the, uh, friends of yours, how cool this this one particular film is. Oh yeah. Why? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like like for me, I can I can darn near. I can darn near give you the dialogue off the top of my head of Doctor sure. Strange Love, yep, uh, yep. Airplane, Caddyshack, yeah. Young Frankenstein. Uh, you know, uh, Mel Mel Brooks was a you know, and we when we were talking about Blazing Saddles earlier. Yeah, uh, yeah. there is. Uh, I mean, how how big an uproar you think there'd be if if somebody made Blazing Saddles today? Well. Uh, maybe, I, maybe uh, not. Again, I don't know if they. Uh, I don't know if the uh, references that are in Blazing Saddle would be understood today. Yeah. In, in many ways, it's an interesting. Um, as I'm sitting here in Los Angeles, you realize that the culture has evolved dramatically uh, over the last hundred years, and and the um, uh, you, you can't use uh, very. Um, specific re uh, cultural references, unless you uh, you know are expecting a, a particular audience, uh, you have to get a lot more universal. Yeah, um, and David, that if you hear that music in the background, that is in fact the theme to Young Frankenstein, and that means we've only got uh, about oh, a minute and a half left, my friend. That uh, I will sign. I'll sign off now because in a minute and a half, I can't really make any sort of point. No, but I'll tell you what we can. What we can do is we can remind everyone of our showing on the last, the last yep. Saturday of the month at the Soldatna Library. David and I'll be there. We'll be doing some short movies, and we certainly hope everyone can can come down and uh, watch watch those with. We'd love to have Great you there. Great idea. Uh, two, be there or, two thirty be there afternoon. Right. Yep. 2 30 okay. in the afternoon and uh, and david will will uh, thanks for calling in and thanks for being part of the show today appreciate it and uh, yeah. and i uh, i will see you on friday evening my friend i will yep see you then all right take care david okay. thanks take care. yeah well folks thanks a lot for for uh listening uh into us today thanks david for calling in we had a lot of fun and i'll tell you what uh David and I, we have a lot of fun doing this, and like I said, we certainly hope that, that you enjoy listening to us. Uh, it's, just, it's just a blast to talk about these things. So anyway, thanks again. Uh, this is listener-supported public radio for the Central Kenai Peninsula, KDLL 91.9 FM, Kenai Soldatna, and we'll close the show with a little bit of the Young Frankenstein thing. <laughs>